0: My name's Andre Longley, and my guest this week on the Hammond High podcast is the amazing Gail Porter. Gail became a big TV star in the 1990s. Since then, she's talked openly about her mental health and about losing her hair to alopecia. These days, she's an ambassador for the Samaritans. We talk about life in lockdown, as well as a shared love of pop music. Gail thank you so much for joining us today um it's uh the start of February 2021 it's a really odd time how are you getting on?
1: Thank you so much for um inviting me to have a wee chat with you I'm okay I'm kind of um same as everybody else you know you have your good days your bad days I get up I get showered I get dressed and then I think where am I going <laughs> where am I actually going <laughs> apart from the co-op so um <laughs> Yeah it's, it's been it's tricky but I try and keep smiling and do you know what? thank goodness for Zooms I tell you even though it does get a little bit annoying sometimes you just think I just want to go and see people and sit down and have a coffee or meet someone and have a proper chat but you know at least we're getting to chat so that's the main thing. Well
0: that's the thing isn't it if this had been five years ago imagine what more of a struggle it would have been but exactly. I mean even even now i it's, it's a great part of it. It's a great part of the job and I'm sure for you when you've got all kinds of projects it's really good but I also find myself getting exhausted by it so often it would be oh, I could do a zoom with friends in the evening but actually I'm just really tired and I've watched that screen solidly for days now.
1: Well I think I'm in I'm in a very lucky position because when I'm doing the zooms you want to make an effort you know a bit of mascara on but I don't have to do my hair so I always think <laughs> I'm kind of lucky so um Yeah, I always try to make a tiny bit of an effort, um, because at least when you're on the phone or doing an interview on the phone, you know that you can just, you could be naked, nobody'd know. (laughs) But when you're on a Zoom, you have to sort of make a tiny bit of an effort. But actually, I think that's a really good thing because it gives you something to do.
0: Yeah, and it gives a bit of a kind of direction, doesn't it, if you get up, have a shower and you know at least put something resembling decent on then <laughs> it gives you a bit of direction for the day um so what, what are you filling your day with Presume you've got various projects going on I know
1: yeah um my day kind of starts with you know the whole shower thing could you imagine a few years back they'd be going oh god getting up and having a shower what a drag <laughs> but you know you're that is a normal day for you and then you go out to work and then you do whatever you're doing but now you're going well I've got nothing to do but I will have that shower (laughs) (laughs) I tend to go for a run um in the morning or whenever I feel like it so get up have a run or do a hit class online and um then um I've got a book that is with a publishing agent at the moment so I'm always tinkering about with that because obviously with lockdown things are very slow very slow so but actually I don't mind so I can you know put a little bit extra into the book and you know when I finished the book the first time then lockdown happened I you know so now we've got a whole new chapter at the end just going Mm. in a minute you know we didn't know this was coming so yeah it's quite and then I've got a diary that says Monday nothing Tuesday nothing (laughs) Wednesday kind of yeah I'm just keeping myself busy I'm doing Islington Radio which is great and that's just um, a lovely guy Tom Bright set this radio station up and there's a whole bunch of us that just go in and we do it for free and there's myself there's Paul Gallagher Tom Brighton and a whole bunch of I know I don't see anybody (laughs) (laughs) go in and play some music so it gets me out and about
0: the book um you mentioned it's autobiographical isn't it
1: yes that's right
0: Uh, it strikes me that um dealing with lockdown running obviously a brilliant thing to do and I do cycle I go out and cycle not not um, seriously I just go potter around but it gets me out gets me in the fresh air but what's it like then sitting down and writing about yourself?
1: I have found it really difficult to be honest with you um I my hat's off to authors and people that can give themselves that discipline that can write a novel which is fantastic but when you're actually writing about yourself there's some days I wake up and I think I don't even want to remember that stage of my life I don't want to remember if I was a total idiot and a dickhead um and but then there's other good things about it so it's not it's very difficult to actually set yourself you know I'm going to write from nine till six but if you're not in a good mood or if my mental health is not feeling great I don't really want to go back to the times when I was homeless and I was You know, sections and things like that. So it's it it can be, it can be cathartic. But then also, there are days I just think, oh, please make it stop. I don't want to think about them.
0: Do you give yourself slack, or do you try and drive yourself to? No, I'm going to do a thousand words each day.
1: No, I don't do the whole thousand words a day because I'm not an author. I'm just someone that's. I feel like I'm writing a diary. So and because of lockdown, as I said, everything's so slow and everything's sort of progressing slowly and it's with an agent. So I don't have a deadline. If I had a deadline, yes, I'd give myself something, but I don't at the moment because everyone's coming back saying, well, are not sure what we're going to do. I was like, oh, well, you know, but I should. You know what? I work better if someone tells me what to do, if that makes sense. Like you probably, you've got deadlines, obviously. So yeah, if I had a deadline, I would be writing furiously all day, every day. But I think this one, because locked i i feel like i'm more just being myself and writing it when i feel like it
0: but i i agree I'm, i'm better with a deadline and with a target i did a project once where i tried to write a short story every day and on a blog it's still out there the internet's just full of these things presumably people created 15 years ago that just sit there and nobody ever shuts down but i did a short story every day and did something like 96 in 90 days or something but the discipline of just going to a cafe and just doing an hour of writing I found really good someday
1: I remember them cafes they were like last year weren't they oh
0: yeah yeah exactly yeah They, they used to speak to us like human beings and feed us caffeine to get through to the next hour that kind of thing
1: when I started writing I was out and about so I was taking my laptop and writing wherever I fancied I find it difficult because I know that I'm just getting from upstairs bedroom down to downstairs and it's just, it is Groundhog Day and you just think, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed writing outdoors or, or writing in a cafe or sitting in a park and now I'm just thinking if I'm in a park, I'm going to get mugged. <laughs> I'm sure I'm not, but you know, you just think, am I going to go anywhere? I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. So it kind of it's a bit monotonous it seems.
0: When we came out of whatever the last tier was and into lockdown, I was like, "Oh, it's not going to make any difference. It's all the same." And then I thought, "Oh no, you're going to a cafe and doing an hour of work every morning. That's just gone." And yeah, that that little bit of inter- interaction and leaving the house. How how have you been? You've you've been fairly open about your mental health in the past. Um, how are you?
1: I've yeah, thank you um, for asking. I've been okay. You know, I I have bad days and I have good days same as everybody else. I think we're all um, we're just kind of, I don't know, some days I kind of just <laughs> I lie in bed and think I don't want to get up but then you know you have to get up and you know you have to and also I think the good thing about this lockdown and us having Zooms and stuff is we can actually reach out to other people and especially you know I do Twitter and, my, and I just like to check that everyone's okay and You know, it's it's a good bonding time. So you've got to think of the positives out of the negatives. So, yeah, I'm okay. I want a hug, to be honest with you. I desperately want a hug. (laughs) I think that's one thing that everyone's missing is physical contact. You know, I live on my own with a cat. So, I mean, the cat is now just going, just back off. Just stop hugging me. (laughs) (laughs) I've got nobody else.
0: (laughs) You're getting a bit clingy now, Gail. Yeah, Um...
1: exactly. Even the cat went. Not, not, not today, Mom. Stop hugging me. I'm like, hey, Pickles, Pickles, watch me. Pickles, look at your mum. Look, look at me. She's actually sitting watching me now. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, Pickles, Pickles. Oh, shut up. For God's sake, stop talking.
0: I've got braces at the moment and I, I've, which means I've, over the last year, I've occasionally gone to the orthodontist to have them done. And there's been moments I've thought, oh my God, you're the first person that's touched me in six months. And, <laughs> and you're digging around <laughs> in my mouth doing this awful thing that's got to be done. But it's a, a, yeah, a strange time for intimacy, isn't it? It is. It's uh, strange
1: indeed. Not that I had any before, but anyway, it just seems I'm a hugger. So I literally <laughs> neighbours in the street, that's what I do. So when everyone's like, oh, it's nice to see you, i just go straight in for the hug. So now I'm not allowed to do that.
0: Without digging too deeply into to your what your mental health past that you've talked about a lot, there's a story that you have told before um, about, I think it was in 2005, correct me if I'm wrong, and you were sectioned and, and for a few weeks in lockdown essentially and then told actually that shouldn't have happened but you talk about when you walked out of the the unit which is in Hampstead and um not part of the Royal Free but round right around the corner is my understanding
1: yeah it's uh, not anymore it's, it was shut down
0: and you and you walked out and I I only asked partly because it's it's right in, on our patch and it's an area lots of our readers all know well but what what's the feeling of walking out there after all of that?
1: The strangest thing was, when I walked out, I was kind of given the, right, you can go now, given a bag of medication, and then um, I walked to Marks and Spencer's, so that's at the bottom of Pond Street, and it, I think the weirdest thing was, I was standing in Marks and Spencer's thinking, I've just been locked up for being, you know, not quite right, and now I'm allowed to... <laughs> Choose what sandwich I can buy, or you know, what juice I can buy. Scottish people say juice for everything, so that means Diet Coke or orange juice, doesn't matter. So, um, yeah, to actually stand there with a bag of medication thinking what just happened, and then having the ability to choose stuff because when you're, you know, when you're in (laughs) set, not that you're going to know these things, but when you get sectioned, you get fed, you. You know, you don't get to go and buy food. You're not allowed out. You're not allowed to do anything. And it was the weirdest experience. And I think I bumped into someone. um, In fact, I know I did. And she said, oh, I've not seen you around for ages. Oh, where have you been? (laughs) And that was a really (laughs) tricky one because I was like, oh, yeah, just busy. I don't want to say I've actually just been locked up (laughs) because they don't think I'm quite right. It's not it's not the sort of conversation you want to have in Marks and Spencers and Ed.
0: No, no, it's a really strange situation, isn't it? And obviously the, the previous weeks after you'd, I mean, you'd had an episode of some kind and you ended up getting sectioned and then they kind of said, well, we shouldn't have treated it that way to, to come out and see kind of life going on outside um, must be very strange. I think there's, there's two things on my Firstly, it strikes me when we all come out of this strange lockdown thing properly, not whatever the next tier is we go into, we're all going to be a little bit like blinking in the sunlight, aren't we?
1: Do you know what I always, I thought when I came out, it was like the Wizard of Oz. So when it starts in black and white and then suddenly it turns to Technicolor, that's what it was like. And I think that's what we're all going to be like when it comes, when we get out. So when I got out of section, yeah, it was like Technicolor thinking, oh, mm-hmm. everything was so bright and it's like, oh my God, there's people everywhere. And um, yeah, all I'm worried about is when we all get out of section, everyone wants to party like it was
0: 1999. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to know, isn't it? Because I, I'd imagine quite a few of us will go, right, we're going to party, we're going to go clubbing, we're going to go to... I, I miss gigs. I miss being in a sweaty venue with an average band in front of me. I would give anything for that right now.
1: Live music anywhere is just so messed. And I feel badly for bands, but it's anyone that's sort of entertainers or hospitality. All these people have just had a year, and year, well, not years and years. It feels like years and years. Past year of just you know, rest closing bars are closing, bands are breaking up,
0: and who knows what state it's going to be at the end of it. um And yeah, I suppose in a way, it's going to be up to us, isn't it, to support bands and theatre and actors and. that when it's up and running again
1: and our local cafes and you know all these things that I mean everyone everyone's struggling it's (laughs) it's right it's it's scary Mm. but you just have to try and keep positive and and do as much as you possibly can for other people I guess
0: I can't remember if I've said this on the podcast before but I went to the um you might have gone to the electronica exhibition at the design museum
1: did you enjoy it
0: it was brilliant it was yeah it was it was brilliant Partly because there was loud music. So it was like, oh my God, there's loud bass coming through. Um, partly because I was going to go and see Craftwork 3D this year, and I've seen, never seen Craftwork. Okay. And obviously they weren't playing, but there was a kind of display, Craftwork display in there. But it was also slightly odd because it's an exhibition to electronica music. And so part of it was all about the Detroit house scene or, or the rave scene and all these pictures of sweaty gurning bodies or rubbing up against each other and yet you're stood in this exhibition and you're socially distanced from the three other people that are inside and yeah a real
1: I think think if I'd gone to that I'd probably cry because I was part of the whole rave scene in the well yeah um yeah but I I was one of those sweaty ravers
0: (laughs) yeah I I gather you had your 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 um your stretch at the end of your teenage years where you doze into that
1: yeah I think it was more kind of like 18, um, eighteen nineteen and then when I was coming down to London, and then there was a group called Spiral Tribe, which were kind of like hippie travelers, and we'd go to illegal raves in people's houses that were abandoned, you know stuff that you you would never tell your mum about and um yeah, so got involved in all that, and then there was all these massive big raves all around the country, and I was just thinking, this is the best time ever, and loved it.
0: Was that your th- your first love of music? Was that from Rave?
1: No, I think, do you know what? I, I've always loved music. I remember when I was little and Top of the Pops coming on the telly box, I used to get so extremely excited and I used to have, fingerless gloves like Madonna had and I would get my hairbrush ironically and I would get ready to present top of the pops in, fr- in the front room and my mom and dad are just looking at me and I was going it's number one let's double the pops and I was like god knows how old I was and they're like Gail don't get so excited so you know I just remembered everything from squeeze playing cool for cats boomtown rats I don't like Monday and then I turned into that anxious teen who was like yeah I don't like Mondays either and then I started listening to the Smiths who obviously we don't listen to anymore but um (laughs) yeah that kind of yeah I was always there was always something music was my mood swings so I'd be either dancing around to something poppy and you know Pet Shop Boys singing something wonderful or then I'd go into the dark I'm going to listen to the cult (laughs) (laughs) There was no, I think, I think that was the beginning of somebody should have said, I think she's got like maybe mental health issues <laughs> on here.
0: And and let's not be modest here. You're talking about pretending to host Top of the Pops. You went, then did for a long time, didn't you?
1: Yeah, that was the weirdest gig ever because, you know, pretending when I was a kid and then suddenly getting the phone call saying, would you be interested? <laughs> like, yes, please. <laughs> and that was the most exciting job I think ever. And, um, and everyone was so cool when I turned up. So I'm completely anxious, worried, I'm not going to be good enough. And they just like took me in as a family. The whole bunch, everybody, Chris Carey, the executive, you know, he was, everyone just was in love with the whole show and it was a happy place. And they were like, hey, it's a new one. Come on into the fold. And you're like, wow. And that was it. And it was the best fun I ever had, even though I had to have a box because I was so short that the kids were taller than me. So <laughs> yeah, they had this box that we take round so I'd stand on it and uh, be able to present so actually people could see me.
0: <laughs> it was probably that that helped you to communicate. You really spoke to them at their yeah. level. At their
1: level, yeah. I, with my box, I was actually just making eye level. <laughs>
0: <laughs> who, who were the people on Top of the Pops that made you go, Oh my God! This isn't just a regular job. This is a, a moment. Do
1: you know? What? I think every 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 band that came in was just it was just so exciting and so fun. Um, but you know, we did have some amazing people. We had Prince, Madonna. Um, my thing was Blur. So when Blur used to come in, I was just like the happiest camper ever. Um, do you know? I I was. <laughs> trying to think about it the other day because there were so many amazing people came in and there were so many i used to get very excited when texas came in because they were from scotland so it was just you know texas are in so it felt like a wee scottish mafia thing going on (laughs) and it was just fun if every single band the manics if everybody that came on was just i was excited i still get excited about everything but i was like every time I went in to do Top of the Pops, didn't matter if it was a one-hit wonder, you just think, do you know what? You're on Top of the Pops, so do you know what? Good for you, and I'm happy for you. But yeah, I was I was a big Blur fan, so
0: yeah. I, no, absolutely, same here. They were they were of that period. They were my indie band of choice, and yeah, saw them lots and lots of times. And they they did Top of the Pops quite a few times, didn't they? They they did turn up and do each singles from from what I yeah. remember. Yeah,
1: because I used to hide when they came in. <laughs> because I was like so nervous and I had a bit of a crush on Damon so um, so I'd kind of just like remove myself <laughs> and just introduce them and then disappear again but I used to do that with a lot of bands you know they'd come in and I think oh I'm not worthy of doing this and and it was great to see all these performances. And, and All Saints they, they were around in, in Hampstead aren't they mm. um, they, were, they were always great to see them they always just looked so wonderfully cool and yeah great I don't know it was all good
0: I've got to ask about Prince because as uh, I'm a fellow big fan of Prince and I know you were um, particularly for a a period on Top of the Pops did was it I assume there was no contact he just kind of wafted through in a cloud of perfume and did his thing and then left.
1: There were certain people that you didn't get to meet and you didn't get to see or they'd record it when you weren't there so yeah never got to meet him and I think it was the same with Mariah Carey and obviously Madonna you know people that it comes on and that you get phone calls from your mates. They're going, oh my gosh, Prince was on. I went, yeah, never saw him. (laughs) (laughs) He recorded it somewhere else or somewhere. Yeah, but you know, at least they were on. And I could say, and please, here's Prince. But yeah, didn't see him.
0: (laughs) And and on that YouTube clip, which presumably is out there somewhere, it's probably got your voice before it, (laughs) doing the introduction for forever.
1: Yeah, I think you introduced so many people that I've never met depending on where people were in the country as well. So, the you know, nine times out of 10, we had a full studio of bands and everything, and it was fantastic. But obviously, huge stars from, you know, America, Prince, Madonna and stuff. You'd have a little package or they'd record something somewhere, but it was great.
0: Yesterday, um, I had a bit of a Madonna morning whilst I was reading.
1: What were you listening
0: to? I was kind of was going go through the 80s hits. I'm a big fan of uh like a prayer I'm and material girl and all I'm of that
1: dress, dress you up. I'm going to dress you up in my
0: <laughs> Exactly and it's yeah I don't know there, there's something uplifting about Madonna's pop music certainly in the 80s that was something special
1: I remember having one of those you know those like ghetto blaster things mm yeah it, um, me and my friend went on holiday to some caravan park in Scotland and I had it thinking I was super cool and but it was really heavy and we'd be like we looked like Kevin and Perry to be honest with you <laughs> and we were like listening to gonna dress you up Buma. and we are like walking class <laughs> boys on the beach going check us out with a huge it was like it was almost like a stereo <laughs> thinking we're super cool <laughs> we were wearing it the and then going back to the caravan to play Scrabble with mum and dad
0: well, uh, I know it's an impossible question. Which would be your Prince songs to drop in?
1: No, I couldn't do that. I mean, Purple Rain, obviously, is always just one of those ones. But I've still I've got the Black. Have you got the Black Album?
0: No, actually. I had bought the tape when it came out in the 90s, but I don't have it anymore.
1: I have it on vinyl. I, used to, I can't remember how I managed to get that, but I managed to get it. But, can you um, play the whole
0: thing on Islington Radio this week and then I can just
1: I get it? Get it. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think you've even got finals now, but I love the <laughs> anything you did. But I think When Doves Cry, I always love When Doves Cry. But I think I always have to go back to the Purple Rain album because it is one of the best albums ever. Starfish and coffee, I do like as well. Everything, do you know what? I can't fault anything. I don't think so. Could you fault something?
0: Yeah, but I don't. I don't need to list them. There's plenty of good things. I think.
1: When it got past, when it got, what was the last album that I didn't like it? When he sort of changed his name to a symbol, and then it was something else, and I kind of got a little bit. not not It felt like I'd lost the journey with him there.
0: I think, yeah, the the gold, the album Gold in the mid 90s, I really loved. But then kind of after that, I, I lost him a little bit. What about Blur? You, you're you a huge fan of Blur. Which would be the, the standout tracks?
1: Oh, I couldn't, I could not give you a standout track from Blur. Because I, I love everything that they do, absolutely everything. I think I loved it when they were doing the whole Oasis thing, you know, um, So, God, what was that song? I can't remember.
0: Country House.
1: Yeah, Country House. I mean, Country House is just a standout song, and it's a standout video, and I just loved it. And it felt like there was a tiny little bit of a music, well, there was a music war going on there, and I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed that kind of fun times. But I, I now love the gorillas. I think the gorillas are fantastic.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was such an unexpected direction for him to go in. I remember when there were, there were kind of rumors he had this new project, and it was kind of talked about in the enemy as if it was a new real band that was hip hop band that was being created, and yeah, he's had massive success with that, hasn't he?
1: It's fantastic. Well, I got tickets. Well, I was trying to get tickets to go and see them in August, but now, of course, you think is, can you can we not? We don't know. Mm. <laughs> I hear what we can and can't do.
0: Yeah, no, I've got tickets for things in May and September, and I'm not sure.
1: I, <laughs> I got tickets for my daughter for her 18th birthday. Um, so I got her and her mates tickets to go to Reading this year because I think it's Queens of the Stone Age. There's quite <laughs> a nice lineup for an 18 year old. And um, so now I don't know if that, I, I very much doubt that's going to happen.
0: What records and TV have you discovered to help get through lockdown?
1: What have I discovered? Um, gosh, I mean, I've done, yeah, i have just, no, nothing much, to be honest with you. I've gone, I'm reading a great book called Shuggy Bane. I've read a lot of books. I've been watching a lot of Netflix. I think like, um, I actually could qualify myself as a detective because the amount of crime I've been watching hmm. <laughs> I to solve the crimes <laughs> at the very beginning. I was like, yeah, I know exactly what happened.
0: well it's a bit out of fashion but Sherlock Holmes and Poirot were both freelancing detectives weren't they you don't get them so much these days but
1: if you just love old school detectives I'm more into sort of my Dexter I know he was like a blood (laughs) analyst so I'm kind of into that kind of thing and um yeah but just watching all these true crime things I'm I'm loving it but (laughs) I've not really, yeah. I've not really. I should have been teaching myself things. I've just taken on a basic French course. I didn't do French in school, so um, I've just started that yesterday. I was a bit late.
0: <laughs> do you think you'll stick with it?
1: Well, do you know what? I've got the the uh, attention span of a gnat. I literally, I see something shiny, and I think, oh, what's exciting over there? So, yeah. No, I've um, no, I've not really done anything. I've been very boring. Just watched too many movies. And then it makes me kind of sad because I want to go to the cinema.
0: Mm.
1: I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a go to the cinema on my own, girl. I don't want people with me. Because I remember going to see that um, you know, the quiet film.
0: A Quiet Place?
1: A quiet place, yeah. I went to see a quiet place. And the woman next to me, well, not next to me, she was like two seats away. And um, but she had brought like a family packet of crisps. Who even does that? It's called. <laughs> Quiet, And she, every time, because it's like almost silent the whole way through the film. And she was constantly just going, I was like, oh, seriously? But then, you know, when you do that head look and you try and be very British and going, obviously, this is upsetting me, uh, where you actually want to say, just stop it now. Just wait and have the crisps after the movie. I don't like people eating during movies. It's not right.
0: No, I agree. And I don't think I've ever spoken up during the film. But I kind of think if you do, it probably just changes the tension for everybody. So,
1: exactly, it probably doesn't solve it. Yeah, you're going to be sitting in a row with somebody that's thinking, Oh, how dare you say don't eat? and I'll go, Oh, she hates me. And so, it's just going to be a horrible experience in the movies.
0: You've reminded I'm also somebody who likes to go to cinema on their own, and especially I think Sunday morning oh, cinema, cinema.
1: So, you can go to the Everyman, Everyman, perfect.
0: Absolutely, yeah.
1: Love going to the Everyman, get myself a sofa go in, like, got my snacks. Well, I'd have the snacks before the film, obviously. And then when the film would start, I would just, like, chill out and go, this is great.
0: And shut the world out. But you've, you've, you've brought back, you've conjured back, because we were, what we were talking about before, coming into the out into the light after all this is over, I remember going to see, what was the film called, Day After Tomorrow? Do you remember that disaster yeah. movie with the ice? I think there was a second Ice Age or something. I remember seeing that in Leicester Square somewhere on a Sunday morning. And obviously it's a huge end of the world, everything's bad. And then coming out like 11 o'clock in the morning or something in Leicester Square and it's half busy and there's people around and they're just going with their lives. It's like, oh my God, that
1: <laughs> Which is so... the weirdest. When you do go to the cinema in the morning, I always think it's... I love going to, I'll go anytime. But when you come out, like you say, when you come out at one o'clock in the afternoon, you think, hang on a minute, I've just seen like the biggest disaster film or I've just like gone through the most emotional experience ever. And now I'm just in the middle of London. <laughs>
0: Have you done any TV work during this?
1: No, we were supposed to be filming a, a pilot for BBC Scotland and it was a travel thing. So obviously Aww. we can't be doing that. Um, but hopefully it's still going to work out because I just want to go home and I love Scotland and it's, um, it's with a, a great comedian from Scotland. Um, so, yeah, fingers crossed. So we're not very sure what's going to happen now. So, yeah, I should be in the Highlands right now, but no.
0: Can you can you say who the comedian is going to be? If
1: at all, yeah, it's well, I don't know. Um, her name's Karen Dunbar. She's um, she's very highly thought. Yeah, she's a, I mean, she's a, she's a great friend of mine, and she's a great comedian. And we were just going to have a wee road trip in Scotland, and we've got because my um my great grandfather was the lighthouse keeper up in Orkney Islands. Oh wow. And, and so my grandmother was born in Orkney, and so we're trying to sort of like um interact lots of different family issues, family, yeah, make it sort of our journey to sort of go somewhere. So she's got places she wants to go, I've got places I want to go, but on the way, we'll just stop off and um, she'll be funny and I'll probably cry at some point, but. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, when it happens after lockdown, it won't be just you crying, you'll be going village to village and they'll all be in tears. People, people.
1: <laughs> people, exactly. <laughs>
0: um, any other projects we should mention?
1: i don't think so i think i i'm just as i say just waiting for everything to get back to I, I hate saying the word normal but just get back to where we can actually see people and have conversations and hug each other and uh yeah so it's basically the book and a few things that i've written so which we're waiting to find out are going to happen who knows i think we need what we need after all this is a massive big music program um and we we all just need to go to a gig to be honest with you we all need a gig because i know everyone's been live streaming gigs and that's you know it's great but it's not the same it makes you feel it's like when you said you watched some of the ravers in the 90s but you see it on youtube and stuff it's great but then it makes you say oh i want to be right in the middle of that
0: <laughs> exactly if we come out of this in august and the sun's out just imagine how loud the whole city's going to be with music everywhere Do you know what? Just
1: seeing people smile and being happy. And I think that's all we can wish for, really. And I know that everyone's going to be struggling and trying to get themselves back on their feet work-wise and financially. But I think we just need some sort of massive, big free concert somewhere that we can all just go, oh, thank goodness, and give each other hugs and stuff and and feel like, you know, human beings uh, with hearts. Well,
0: that's a good place to end. And I'm sure that's going to come to pass, Thanks for coming on.
1: Thank you very much for having me. You can have me anytime. Oh my God, that sounds terrible. But yeah, (laughs) no, anytime you want to chat about anything, I'd love a chat.
0: Well, Gail will be back again next week then.
1: Thank you. Yeah, (laughs) I'll see you in week. (laughs)
0: So thanks so much to Gail for speaking to me. Check out her show on Islington Radio. And the Hammond High podcast will be back again next week.